Hi everyone, thanks for joining us. Today I'm speaking with Sarah Ragsdale, aka Sarah Roxdale. I'm sorry, I should have asked you that. Which name do you prefer? No, you're good. Okay. Uh, I know, it's kind of confusing. I'm sorry. Um, I guess I... I guess online I'm Roxdale, but my real name is Ragsdale. It's it's weird. I should fix that. <laughs> okay. And Sarah is a uh, she makes videos on YouTube um, and she's a blogger. She's also ex Pentecostal. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And yeah. uh, so I mean, you do like lifestyle blogging and uh, vlogging, but you also talk about religion, um, atheism, and recently started talking about Islam. And that's kind of mm -hmm. where I got to know you from. You made a video about why you're talking about Islam. If you want to give a quick synopsis of your story, and then we could start from there. Oh, sure. Yeah, again, I was raised Pentecostal. I was actually adopted at five weeks old, and I was raised in church. So speaking in tongues, Benny Hinn Crusades, like that's like my childhood. Like if you've seen the documentary Jesus Camp, mm -hmm. that's, that's my childhood. Just add uh, sexual abuse onto that, <laughs> like, oh. basically. Um, but yeah, my whole background basically, I, I was just raised in church, and I also talk about sexual abuse because I suffered that when I was a kid. Um, and I started my YouTube channel a few years ago, and the focus was more so on beauty and fashion and that kind of thing, like that whole community. And I was actually a Christian when I started my YouTube channel, too. So uh, I came out as an atheist only, I think, three and a half or four years ago now. And as soon as I kind of realized that about myself, that's when I started talking about atheism and religion and uh, more recently Islam. But uh, I kind of have like an amalgam of topics. It's kind of a wide range of things. And it's interesting because people come to my channel for fitness things or for food recipes. And now it's more religion and people want to see me talk more about that. So it's kind of cool. I'll also talk about trauma and things like that. So... It's it's just kind of a, a wide range of things, but I'm I like doing it that and uh, just blogging, and I'd like to do more of that this year. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> right, I gotta ask because when you mentioned Pentecost, I mean, all, the only thing I really know about it was you know I, I remember Benny Hinn from like back in yeah. like, the '80s and the '90s and stuff like that. Um, you know, and I knew about the speaking in tongues, but like it's you don't really hear much about it. Like I know it's got something to do with bap like you have to be baptized. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, so it's not like born again or something, is it? It's like, like, I'm not quite sure. Right. It's the whole, it was like a, when I was little, it was kind of described to me. And it, even in the Bible, it talks about it being like a, a spiritual gift that God will give you. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's honestly, it's just nonsense. Uh, <laughs> I actually had, I made a tutorial on how to speak in tongues and it was kind of like this spoof thing, but at the same time, not really. At, at the same time, I was like, hey, if you're a kid and you're being indoctrinated and you're being forced into this and you're uncomfortable with the idea, but you can't also, you can't say, hey, this is bullshit. Um, I made like a tutor tutorial on how to do it. And also saying, hey, I think this is bullshit, but if you're stuck in that situation, here you go. Um, -la 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 -la. Like that's it, just make what everybody else is doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, that's kind of how it was explained to me is it's a, it's a gift, it's a spiritual gift and I, it was also God will um, interpret through someone else as well. So when I was a kid, you'd hear someone speak in tongues, and then a few minutes later, or maybe even half an hour later, or a while later, we would just wait silent, <laughs> and then <laughs> we would hear somebody else like interpret the message. Supposedly God was speaking through these people. It's just, it's just, weird. it's ridiculous. It's it's nonsense. <laughs> Sorry. I answered your question. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Okay, but the speaking in tongues, that's actually kind of funny. It's like, um, I heard uh, Dawkins talk about it once. And it was mm -hmm. like, how do you do a control study for homeopathy? It's just water. You know, so if you're faking, if you're faking speaking in tongues, like, I mean, you're faking bullshit. Like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, or it's, it was like most recently, it was those uh, hoax papers. I don't know if you read about those. They, oh, yeah, you know, like... And they got accepted as honest papers and they're being cited again. And it's, and then now people are like, oh, well, even though you say it's bullshit, it, it actually fit in with our, your methodology and our research. So they're yeah. actually valid papers. So these people made these hoaxes. Like, I don't know if you've heard about that story. Like they, uh, I had okay. So there was three academic, well, one of them is a professor at uh, Portland U. Another one, 
lives in the States and the third one she lives in the UK and they did a whole bunch of hoax papers on what they're calling grievance studies. So they one of the papers was, and this paper was given uh, an award from this journal that's been around for 25 years. It's like one of the best feminist journals and they said this is one of the best papers we've ever had, blah, blah, blah. And it was about how they investigated the genitals of 10,000 dogs at dog parks in Portland and how dogs humping each other at dog parks was sim- emblematic of the patriarchy and they should train men like how they train dogs. Whoa. <laughs> okay, Whoa. so... <laughs> So like, like I'm saying like yo, you're you're faking speaking in tongues because you're uh-huh. faking bullshit, yeah. And then it gets accepted, right? Like, what if someone translates that fake fakery, right? right? And this this is the same thing. Like they put out these false papers, and it's it's false in the sense that they follow the methodology and they use their language. And when uh, the reviewers and the editors from these journals said, okay, here make these suggestions, they fixed it according to the methodology of those research so they they did it properly but they're false as in like yeah. you know like they're they're showing that the whole methodology and everything is false like another one they did they did two with mind Kampf. one got rejected the other one got accepted and basically yeah. all they did was change jews for white men and they just chucked sections of mind Kampf and, and Kampf and got them published oh my gosh <laughs> yeah oh my god sorry i i, I don't want to go off on a tangent but it just reminded no. me of that like you know like getting people to fake bs to get accepted yeah. and like the papers were kind of like that um that's wild okay i gotta ask you this and this is gonna be, might seem like a weird question uh what do you get the most hate from or like what kind of hate do you like i'm sure okay if you're doing beauty vlog, uh, blogging it's not the same as talking about religion but mm-hmm. someone might get pissed off because like oh well why are you you know especially nowadays you're like shame everyone and oh my mm-hmm. god like it's you're you're fat shaming you're this or that like do you mm-hmm. get like hate from both or do you, or is it different? I do. I do. I find the rage is like almost equal all around. Like <laughs> people like people online just like typing away at their keyboard. Um and they don't they don't even have like a what is it? Like a avatar or anything. Mm-hmm. They don't have like their name on there. It it's just all hidden. Uh it's interesting cuz yeah, in the like the beauty space, I'll put up something like here's a hair tutorial and then people somebody would be like well, this is the worst video I've ever seen. I'm like, okay, whatever. But it, it's kind of like the the heat. You can feel it reading the comment. I don't know. Um, but, like, I guess, obviously, with religion, that's where I get most of the pushback. Because I think a few years ago when I came out as an atheist, and before that, up until that time, I had only put up, like, beauty videos. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> here in America, it's, like, super, like, Christianity and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I had a, a big following of, like, these young girls watching my videos. Uh, so I put up a video on what atheism is and what it isn't, and I'm an atheist, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, think for yourselves, think criti- think critically. I'm just saying I'm not convinced a God exists. And I talked about, like, the misconceptions with atheism and stuff like that, and I just wanted to normalize the word atheist because it was still looked at as, oh, you're a Satan worshiper, or you're, like, <laughs> something like that, or something dark or something evil. Um, so I made that video. And I got like angry emails from parents, like my daughter watches your videos. How dare you talk about being an atheist? Um, that kind of thing. But now it's more of, you know, people get angry about. I think it's out of fear or something when it comes to religion. Like when I talk about, I I personally don't believe in life after death. People get really outraged with that, um, and I get it. Um, but that's just one thing. And then I when I talk about Islam, for sure. I get some pushback, but I wasn't expecting to get any support at all. So that that was interesting. But I I did I do get people who are I got some angry emails uh, from some uh, a couple Muslim guys, and they were just furious. Like, how dare you talk about Islam? You don't come from it. So how dare, like you know that kind of thing. Um, so it's it's it, I definitely get support, but I'm surprised at how hateful some of the comments get <laughs> but it's online i mean you put something out on the internet and i mean i guess i kind of am just asking for it <laughs> i don't know yeah i mean like I, like I wasn't trying to trivialize the hate you would get i just oh, thought no. like you you might get you know people seem to be able to get upset about everything like these yeah. days like you know it just yeah. the most innocuous comment could just you know, you know like right. I, was, I was joking around with someone the other day they said uh you know you could tweet out that oh it's a nice sunny day and i'm feeling great and then there's a there's a really really small percentage of the population that has this. It's not really an allergy, but they call it an allergy to sunlight. They feel physical pain in sunlight. Yeah. 
right. and you could have one of those people. I'm not saying they would or have, but I mean, like, it's theoretical that one of those people could say, "Oh my God, are you, you know you're that's so hateful? I can't go out in the sun. Like, how could you say something so horrible?" Right? Yo, like, like that's within the realm of possibility now, and that scares the hell out of me. Like that you right. can, act, you know, like we're getting so worked up about anything. Um, can't say what things are. Yeah, you, you can't. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's just you, you, you can get you know, uh, just about anything. Like even like I said, I mean, especially now if. You know, I had a friend just today who said, blah, 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 you know, I've lost X number of pounds. And mm-hmm. she was getting grief for that. It's like, well, you know, blah, like, why are you giving her grief? Because she said she lost some weight. She wants to lose weight. She lost weight. Good yeah. for her. You know, like, right. why is that? How is me taking pride in losing weight or whatever affecting your life? Like, how does that? No, I'm not shaming you. I'm not attacking you. I'm not telling you you have to do it. I'm not telling you you're worse than I am for doing it. Like, it's like a... That's what I was trying to get at. Like, I just the, mm-hmm. you can get hate for just about anything. Um, yeah. Another quick, well, like, did you like? Did you find you changed how you talked about beauty after you, like, you know, you know, came out as an atheist, or after you changed your religious views, or did you do you still talk about it the same way? Like, did you? Not that there's like, like, I mean, there is a modesty style culture in Christianity. It's nowhere near what it is in Islam. Uh-huh. But did you speak about like you know putting on makeup and stuff differently? when you were still believing and then when you do now, or is it still, is it just exactly the same? It's about the same, just in the sense that when I do these tutorials, I guess online, especially when it comes to like, I don't know, I used to be into like, uh, the whole reason I got into the makeup scene was cause I was really into like special effect makeup. Um, so Halloween season was definitely a thing for YouTube videos. Oh my goodness. It's, it's kind of wild. It's, it's, amazing what some people can do with makeup, um, really transformative makeup. Um, but I still do it the same in the sense that when I do some tutorials, I just try to focus on like step-by-step instruction, I guess, or something like that. I like to try to make my videos as quick as like, kind of as, as, as short and to the point as possible. So when it comes to that kind of content on YouTube, that's when I just kind of stick with. Why did you start focusing on Islam like what did you see about that that you thought you needed to talk more about that for oh right I actually came I was I started to listen to Sam Harris's podcast and when I get into podcasts sometimes I like to scroll all the way to the beginning and just kind of see how the podcast like evolved and like how it started and whatnot and especially he's got so many interesting guests on his podcast so I was like okay who I just came across one of the earlier ones with Ion Hirsi Ali and before that I had never heard of her name before or if I had I didn't know who she was so I just listened to him give a quick introduction on who she is and her background and I was just floored I was like okay she's she's amazing okay so I listened to that podcast episode and I was just kind of stunned and I just wanted to learn more and I've heard of Islam before but I never really dove into the topic. I've heard people have those conversations and I never got into them myself. Um, So after listening to that podcast episode, I just thought, okay, I need to read her books. I need to learn more about this because just, I think that was just like kind of my first steps into this. And I started with Infidel and I was just, again, shocked and horrified, honestly. and I just wanted to learn more. And I remember back in May of last year, my husband and I, we went to the memorial, um, the 9-11 memorial and museum in New York. And uh, that kind of just fueled me, I think, uh, just seeing that and being there and then looking up at the Freedom Tower and just feeling the sense of hope. And then, I, I don't know, at that time in my life, I was also thinking of, you know, all these people that have these 9-11 conspiracies and I how that's just crap. Um, yeah. Uh, and I was just feeling like all this emotion of like anger and sadness and just wanting to do something. And I thought, well, what can I do? Like what? And then reading Ion Hersiali's work, that kind of that really inspired me to speak up, especially thinking that, you know, more people in the West, especially people who identify on the left or whatever, like more people, it doesn't matter who you are, should give voice like uh, give more of a platform to these people who come from Islam and we should, you know, acknowledge the problem that it is. Like, it's 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 problematic, it's dangerous, the ideology, it's 
so I just kind of felt all this, and I thought I should be doing something if I can do anything. Um, and I was recently thinking maybe I should invite people to be on my channel um, in like a video format or something who come from Islam. That would be kind of cool to do that like as a video series. I thought maybe that could be the next thing I could do. I was just trying to think of anything I could do to help. Um, I think of people like Sarah Hader and like all the cool works that she's doing with ex-Muslims of North America and uh, Mohammed Syed. And I really, um, I really back up Yasmin Mohammed and what she's doing with her organization, Free Hearts, Free Minds. I just, I applaud them and I, I kind of look up to them. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to do something about it. And I think it just started with honestly listening to a podcast and just reading some books and wanting to do something. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you would know about this, but uh -huh. I, I had a friend who recently, and she's very public about it. Like it's someone I met on Twitter and I was on her show. And then she, she converted to Catholicism at the end of 2016, like just before um, Christmas. And she was uh -huh. very public about it. And she's been tweeting about her conversion, right? Like how, uh -huh. like, like she finally converted to Catholicism and now it's her first year as a Catholic type of thing. And she, Wow. And the apologist, like the apologist style statements I see from her, mm -hmm. you know, change a couple of words around and it could be coming from, you know, any Muslim cleric or mullah or mm -hmm. anyone like that. Like, do you, then now that you're starting to speak about Islam, do you, do you notice like things like that? Like if you, what you would say about Christianity or, or what you'd heard, you know, people say about Christianity to defend it when you're still believing or do you see the similarities between that? Like, do you see like, you know, the same kind of talk, the same kind of back talk or whatever, or a little bit. Um, I remember I put out a video recently called like 10 harmful effects of religion. And I was speaking from my own personal experience. Um, but some people looked at that video and they kind of started following me since I started talking about Islam. And they said, you could say the same thing about Islam, about how you felt with your religion and yeah. like the, the harmful effects of it. Um, in that sense of, I don't know if this really answers your question, but with indoctrination, I know it's they're completely different re religions, but um, indoctrination, not being able to think critically for yourself and not really being able to think for yourself at all or else you're, you're shamed or you're, you're, your voice isn't heard. Um, you're not allowed to have a voice really with religion, but um, that kind of thing. I, I go through a few other examples, I, I mean 10, but um, is that kind of, like what yeah, you're... no, it's sort of like okay. That I mean, I do a, a podcast with two other ex-Muslims, mm -hmm. and we were focusing on uh, people who left any faith, not mm -hmm. just Islam, and to show that okay, you know, the shunning that you get from Islam, it's not okay. Yes, we, people talk about it from Islam, but it happens in you know, if you're a Hasidic mm -hmm. Jew, if you're a Jehovah's Witness, if you're Amish, mm -hmm. if you're Mormon, like these things happen in other faiths. So, mm -hmm. you know, so I mean, when you like something like that, what you were saying, like okay, the the dangers of the indoctrination, the dangers of the faith. This is again another thing that this is just have to change a couple of words around, and it's right. uni universal to any kind of really extreme harsh faith, right? Where yeah. people are very zealous and you yeah. know very strict and very fundamentalist, and it's faith above all. You know, it's, right. Um, right. It makes well, me think of yeah, or sorry. No, go uh, ahead. It makes me think of like the ideas and how how some people can read the text and also take it to the extreme. Like, I think that's where it just comes into danger territory. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, um, and I've been talking about this article a lot recently, but it was, because I liked it so much, it was an article about how, um, like, you know, the far left, the social justice, mm -hmm. and even the far right, like, um, you know, the the race realists and all that other crap, right? Um, they're almost religious like. They have a lot of religious like uh, aspects. They, mm. you know, they have their own version of blasphemy. So if you, right. you know, especially like the the far left, you have your original sin, which is you know white cis males or the patriarchy or whatever okay. white privilege. Like that's your original sin, and yeah. So, but. And so, I mean, you have, a, like, if you look at the, okay, if you forget religion for a second, look at the far right and look at the far left. If you say one thing that doesn't fit in with their mold, they're going to kick you out and you're shunned and, you, you, know, you're, you're, you know, you're not wanted anymore, right? You, right. If you're right wing and you are 
part of, like I said, like the race realists or whatever. They're just racist. And you say something, well, you know, we shouldn't kick out all of Group X because we need them. You might get kicked out. Or, you know, if you're on that, if you're on the right wing, speak out about, you know, you speak in favor of abortion, you're all of a sudden, you're, you're shunned. And right. Then the left wing, same thing. Like, you know, you make some joke. Like Kevin Hart, what happened to him at the Oscars? You know, right. You know, tweets from 10 years ago. I'm not saying what he said was okay, but you're going to dig in through someone's past for like 140 characters from 10 years right. ago and say, no, like, <laughs> you're a worthless person now? Like, right. You know, and people be, I feel like people need more compassion towards people. Like, why, like, shut out someone forever for a mistake or whatever? Like, or why can't you say, hey, oh, sorry about that. You know, let's move on. Or I don't know. It's like people are the Twitter sphere. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, but it's it's Twitter. Yeah. And now it's like seeping out into real life. Um, right. Right. Uh, people losing their careers over things like yeah. this. It's ridiculous. I mean, I think the worst example of this was um, the what's this, Garrison Keillor right after the Me Too thing. Mm-hmm. So like right after the Me Too like right after Harvey Weinstein come out, then you had the Me Too movement going on, and which you know, in and of itself, it's great. Let's call out these, you know, monsters. That's what they're what they are. But mm-hmm. Garrison Geller, and this is the, the this is the story from both the parties involved. So from him and the woman who brought it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was after it was in, and this was something that happened like in the '90s or maybe the early 2000s. It was after uh-huh. a recording of one of his shows. Um, mm-hmm. It was all done. They were, he was sitting on the couch or she was sitting on the couch and she started crying. He goes to give her a hug and he touches her breast. Now it's either accidental or he did it on purpose, whatever. He apologized mm-hmm. right then. She accepted the apology. He spoke to her the next day, apologized again and sent her an email and everything was cool. And then this whole thing with Weinstein happened. It came out. So NPR fired him. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah. And, and like both of them agree on what had happened. There, uh-huh. there is no disagreement on the story, right? Right. They fired him. Not only did they fire him, they erased every episode, and it was like close to thirty years worth of radio. Like it would do a one-hour, two-hour show every week, and so his that's, entire career is gone. That's insane. And it's uh, okay. I'm not. I'm not okay. If he did it on yeah. purpose, he does deserve you know some reprimand or something because that's not right. But, I mean, but, that's extreme. Yeah. It, you know, like you're wiping out a person's life, and I mean, I I heard some when the whole thing with Lawrence Krauss came out, there were some rumblings online where people said. Well, maybe we should get rid of his work. I'm like, oh, okay, but it's bad enough yeah. that you did it to Garrison Keillor, and I'm not trying to do okay, you know, who's worse with her. But mm-hmm. if you got rid of Lawrence Krauss's work, any advancement in physics that was based on that right. won't happen, or has to be gotten rid of as well because it's based on the work of someone you want to make an unperson. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know, people talk about oh, it's Big Brother's watching, and it's it's 1984. Things like this to me are more 1984. You right. are you are making an unperson. You know, like, like you're you're getting rid of this person. You're getting rid of their history. There's so you can't talk about them anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing happened to James Franco to a lesser degree. Oh there was, right, the Vanity Fair cover, right? They took him off the right. cover because he made some comment about hitting on a 17 year old in New York City or something like that, which is gross and it's disgusting. But I mean, it's it's yeah. like you know, go back to a cover from a couple of months before and wipe him off. Like really, yeah. like, you know, it does exist. People do have it out there now. Like it's. Yeah, you know, like, uh, but yeah, you know it's 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 too much. And like, so yeah, you know, well, what I was saying to you earlier, this is kind of why I started doing this. I want to talk about why we're getting so off the rails, and you know why I was right. as well. Like I was getting off the rails, and some of the things I'm trying to stop myself from doing, or trying to stop other people from doing, mm-hmm. I was guilty of to some extent over the last couple of years. I mean, especially the way I talked about Islam. I was, I hear you, uh, uh, because it was not something I ever talked about really much. I mean, it was. I became an atheist. I'm 49. I stopped believing when I was 16. I told my parents when I was 22. So, so let's say 27 years that I've been openly atheist. So it's not like I, it was, it was like a shirt I took off and just threw away. I don't need it anymore. It was not something I talked about. It was not something that came up day to day. And then, then recently, like about when I got back from overseas in 2014, that's when I started talking about it. And then, Mm. so like, I'm, trying to change that i'm trying to change the way and like you know some of the stuff i've seen you say it's like obviously you're gonna have disagreements with people and the little mm-hmm. things it's you know just more points of style but yeah i like that you're not just going on an all-out attack and there are certain things that need to right. be attacked but i yeah i just don't see any purpose in that like right mm. 
I hear you. I've been trying to like just being able to listen to people have con- like honest, open conversation, um, like those long form conversations. I think I've learned so much from that. Just being able to listen to people and like really hear what they say, and then being able to kind of uh, say what they've just said back to them, and just so we're on like the same level, and then going from there. But I don't know. I've learned a lot from just those conversations. But I hear you too. Like there are things I've done or said where I wish I was like, well, you know what? I want to learn from that. Um, I really, I really like what you're doing. Uh, this podcast, this is gonna, this is cool. Um, well, you know, I, like I said, it, it is selfish for myself because I'm maybe I'm wrong. And one of the things, like you know, I think that one of the things that we need to try to do, and maybe you can comment on that, is what are your first principles? Where are you coming from? Um, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, I believe in free speech and I believe in the Enlightenment," without even really thinking about what that means, right? Right. You know, um, what do you mean by the enlightenment? What do you, you know, and then they'll go on and say, well, we need to have um, equal rights for homosexuals. I have no mm-hmm. problem with that. Like, you know, that, that's, that's a laudable goal, but that's mm-hmm. not a first principle. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like if you want to talk about individual freedoms, you can use that as a first principle. And then from there you can expand, okay, by individual freedoms, I mean that everyone has a right to practice religion. You know, those are things that grow out of that first principle, right? So I, mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time from like again. I'm 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 trying to divide everything now. Like I'm not. I'm getting away from left and right. I don't think those terms have much meaning. Um, I mean, we're stuck with them. We kind of have to use them, but they're they're losing so much meaning. But is it authoritarian or is it you know libertarian? Is it open? And you know, religion falls in that authoritarian category. And I'm trying like at least with religion, I have an understanding of where that comes from because we've had it for so long and we know. But some of this. You know the 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 outrage on the internet about the smallest little thing. Mm-hmm. Like, where is your first principle? Like, what are you coming from? Like those kids last weekend, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the kids in the MAGA hats, right? Right. Like, you know, you watched some people watched a one minute video, and all of a sudden they're calling for these sixteen year olds to be killed. Right. That's... And it's you know, I saw the video. I saw that one minute video, and I'm like, these guys are assholes. And then mm-hmm. you see the whole thing, and it happened, and it's like, okay, they're still not the greatest people in the world, but they weren't really the instigators here, and, right? You know, and to but to call for like, you know, like famous people like Kathy Griffin and Reza Aslan, like out of call, all the people who should be doing that, Kathy yeah, Griffin, <laughs> yeah, no, but like calling for them, oh, shame them, name them, dox them, Reza Aslan right. saying, you know, like, have you ever seen a face that's more punchable? Like seriously, right. Reza, like, come on, you know. Calling yeah. for violence. I mean, it, well, calling for violence, and they're you know fifteen and sixteen year old kids. I'm yeah. not you know that's not it's not a boys will be boys, but mm-hmm. they're, they're kids. Du- they're they're, they're yeah. okay. Every single fifteen year old is a dumbass. You know, mm-hmm. I was, and you know, yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, but no, but like seriously, and, like well, you, yeah, I would have gone on hinged if that was me i don't know if you listened to uh did you listen to joe rogan talk with barry weiss about this yeah really it was really cool i I really side with what they said in that podcast like if joe had been 16 like he would have oh he just would i mean it would have been a different outcome rather than just smiling at the person who's yelling in his face (laughs) i I, okay i had a a very quick temper when i was a kid i mean and it just snapped and i you always get in a lot of trouble for it. And if that guy had come into my face, banging oh, yeah. his drum, I probably would have hit him. And I, you yeah. know, it just because I didn't know any better. But, you know, I'm not saying like, okay, and again, oh, well, they were wearing MAGA hats. Mm-hmm. And they don't even know to the extent of what that really means. Yeah. yeah. Or were they wearing MAGA hats because they know it's going to piss people off and they're 16-year-olds and they want to right. piss people off, right? Asshole. <laughs> like, like, you know. <laughs> No, and I'm not, again, this is not a defensive... Rally, piss people off. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's... Okay, when you're 16, you do it for a couple of reasons. At least I did. It's like, you know, to yeah. get the attention of girls. You know, right. like, you know, like get people to think you're cool or whatever. Or in worst scenario, piss people off. I mean... You know, yeah, they, getting some form of attention. Exactly. Like, it's just like... But, this outrage from everyone. But, I mean, how do you, like... I don't know how you can justify that. And it's, it's, I mean, the, that's one thing. Another thing was, you know, what, like everything is being banned. Let's ban everything. And there, there's no rhyme or reason to it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like over Christmas, uh, baby, it's cold outside has to be banned because it's promoting <laughs> rape. 
and then you know, but it's just it's, why not ban gangster rap? Why not ban Don Giovanni the opera? You know, it's right. about a guy who went around, you know, didn't technically didn't rape, but he was like you can consider date rape or you know like he coerced women into having sex with him. You know, like mm-hmm. so call it slut shaming. Call it why aren't you going to ban Don Giovanni? Right. Why why Not ban this one song? Ban all violent video games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's it's a little crazy. Anyways, it's, just it's too crazy. It's yeah. How did we get here? <laughs> how did it? Oh my gosh. Um, I need to look more into that. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, first and foremost, I think I I really do value free speech, and and that is something I I've been trying to learn, especially over this past year, on how to. How to really listen to someone, especially someone who's on the opposite end of that spectrum, like someone who you don't you don't agree with at all. Um, how to just sit and be willing and patient and listening to someone and actually listening to them, and instead of me thinking of my response or instead of me thinking or just letting my emotions get the best of me. So that's something I've been trying to tackle this past year, I'd say, maybe less than a year even. Um, but I realized before I would get too heated or I'd get too flustered or something, but um, I think just learning how to have better conversation with someone, uh, especially when it comes to disagreements and things like that, and not letting my, one, emotions take over, or I'm just thinking the other person has, like, this ill intent or something, like, they, they, they may not have any bad intent at all, this is just where they're coming from, and you just need to be able to listen to each other, um, but yeah, I, I am an advocate for free speech, um, but when it comes to, especially when it comes to, uh, when I started talking about Islam in those videos, I wanted, uh, I wanted to come from a place of compassion and understanding, and especially when I made that hijab video, because um, I was looking at it from the angle of, well, this is a tool of oppression, like this is misogyny. This is, you know, I was thinking of it as that way, and then I was sent a link actually to uh, this girl who goes to Harvard. I'm not sure if she's still there, but she. I think she was on, I think she, I want to say she was on Vice, uh, but I linked that video um, in my video where I talk about the hijab and she was talking about how if she were to take off the hijab, it would deeply, deeply upset her family and her mom and she said it's not so easy for me just to be able to take it off and I was understanding it from that point of view as well, um, but I might be going no, it's fine. in several different directions here, but uh before it was just I'm against the hijab totally, and I understand like some people are. They have they have more of a freedom in terms of being able to take it off or not, and some and a lot of women don't. Uh, so that's kind of what I wanted to voice in the video as well is hey you can't just say. You know just because in my own personal experience I can take it off and so it is empowering to me, but it's not empowering to other women who are forced to wear it and who are beaten or killed or thrown in jail. If they take it off, um, I mean, it, it depends where in the world you come from, who your family is, how extreme they are. I mean, there's so many different factors into this. And so, I don't know, when I saw that one video of her just talking about how it would deeply upset her family, and she just didn't want to do that. Um, but she said, when I have a daughter, I want I want her to be able to choose whether she wears it or not. Um, I'm not going to force it on her. If she asks me about it, I'll tell her. But... I don't know, it was, it was interesting to hear that perspective because um, I hadn't heard that before, honestly. Yeah, I mean, like, I've, I kind of changed about that and that's also one of the things I've changed a little bit about because I, I used to, and I would joke with my friends, I wouldn't go up to someone's face and laugh at their face even though yeah. I'd be known to do that from time to time. <laughs> but yeah. it would be like, yeah. so, um, you know, you'd see someone in a hijab and she's wearing, like, skin-tight jeans or a mini skirt and a halter top and it's like, and I'll give you a story. This I was with my mom, and she, I took her to where she could get some halal meat, and I was taking her back to her place. Mm-hmm. And she started, two women, or two young girls, actually, like teenagers, walked in front of the car dressed mm-hmm. like that. And my mom, she's never worn the hijab in her life. No, like, I think there's mm-hmm. one or two members of my family from India and Pakistan who'd worn the hijab or the, the niqab or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just never worn it. And... But she's like, what is this? This is not the hijab. The hijab is meant to be about modesty. I mean, if you're going to wear the hijab, why dress like this? And she's getting, and I'm laughing. I'm laughing, right? The matter she's getting, the more I'm laughing because I'm laughing at her. And then, but I used to say stuff like, and I used to joke with my friends like, oh, well, you know, what the hell is that? Like, why are you wearing the hijab then? But 
you know, yes, I understand the hijab. Like, there's a lot of connotations with the hijab, but like, like that woman, like, she didn't want to take it off because it's it can upset her parents for whatever reason. She might not agree with everything it represents, mm-hmm. but she put it on at a moment where she either she did or she was forced to, and now she doesn't, you know. And mm-hmm. so to attack that woman for wearing the hijab, oh, don't you know that, you know, Either way, if you attack a woman to put it on, say if you don't put it on, it you're gonna dishonor the family. You're gonna, mm-hmm. you know, incite lust in men. You know, mm-hmm. if you get raped, it's your fault. Like that's a lot of pressure to put on, you know, a woman's shoulders. Right. The other side is as well saying, how can you wear that? You're representing misogyny. You know, you're evil for doing that. Why can't you? St-? You know, mm-hmm. she's trying to make her way the best she can in a situation that she doesn't have much control over. Right? I mean, she does have some. She can take it off and say the hell with everything yeah but she's trying to work it out for herself so like i'm trying to change you know yes i oppose it but again i i I was never one to say i oppose the hijab no one everyone should be forced to take it off i don't want to force anyone to take it off or not take it off right yeah um but i was opposed it and i was one of those people who would like you know if you're wearing a mini skirt or whatever i would poke fun at you or you know like okay you're not wearing you know telling you how to be a muslim and again I hate to stay in your lane thing, but you know what? I'm. They want to be a Muslim, however they want to be a Muslim. That's up to them. It's not up to me, right? Right. And so, yeah, like I mean, like I think a lot of these things we got to start changing a lot of way that we're talking about it. Like you know, like, like this is a very contentious issue. There's a lot of. It's not just open and shut. Okay, it's misogynistic. Get rid of it. Which you mm-hmm. know, on the on the front of it does look like that, but. If you go deeper, like you said, that one woman or, you know, other people, I know, like people who are ex-Muslims, they can't do it because they'll get excommunicated from their family or whatever. So to attack them just because they're wearing it, you know, it serves no purpose other than hurt. Yeah, no, I agree. That's why I love the the hashtag no hijab day on Twitter. I think that's pretty cool. Like being able to see women um from all over the world, but especially like places like Iran or Pakistan or Saudi Arabia, and their their voices and are fi- are are visible, and I think that's really cool. Because um, I mean, this is the first time I've ever seen that happen online, where it's just a wave of women saying, "Look, we're here." Um, so I think that's that hashtag alone is pretty cool. I think social media in it itself is kind of helping bring about some of these more difficult conversations in a way, even if it's not only on Twitter it brings out other conversations um, like in podcasts or video formats or things like that um, in some sense I feel like social media is kind of helping voices be heard and be seen yeah like the no hijab day that's um, it's actually kind of funny so last mm-hmm. last year I sent Yasmin Muhammad a message on Facebook and she was sending me a DM on Twitter like, literally at the same time like I hit send and I got the message and then she hit send she got the message for me and we both said the same thing mm-hmm. I was like you know and I said look you know this because they have the world hijab day on February 1st uh-huh. and I was just like they said you know like well this is a really stupid thing something should be done to counter this and I was like you know like she got a bunch of people burning hijabs and yeah. she and she sent me basically the same thing. So I believe there was four of us last year. There might have been other people, but I actually like I, I got a bed sheet, cut it up, put it on my uh-huh. head, like wore it like a like sort of like a quasi hijab. I'd never worn a hijab, and I took it off and I burnt it. Right, yeah. and there was a few other people that did it. And I, I think Yasmin said like last year there was only four of us that did it, but it was really weird because we both said it at the same time. And I said go, like, awesome. and then so you know she kind of pushed it, and she was the 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 force behind it, and. I think with uh, what was going on in Iran um, with the White Wednesdays. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that had started the, just before New Year's of 2018, right? Yeah. So That's then cool. we, uh, you know, so that, like that had really hadn't picked up that much momentum and it was still going. Now it's getting stronger and stronger and there's more people doing it. So I think this year they're, they're going to get a, quite a lot of videos and stuff. Um, so see what happens. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. That was actually funny. Like, I was, I don't know, like, I, I, the amount of grief people get, I'm lucky. I don't get that much. But that was mm-hmm. the only thing that I've ever gotten a lot of grief of online. And most of it was people telling me that I was stupid because I didn't realize that men didn't wear the hijab. That was, like, the extent hijab. of the hate, the hate I got from that. That's wild. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Wait, some of the... 
things that I get. Like, if I get pushback, it's like, well, you don't come from the religion, so you have no right to talk about it. I'm like, well, I have freedom of speech, so. <laughs> I, I, I hate that. I hate that. I mean, I, yeah. I don't like, I see it's it like, for. If someone is hurt and they're calling out for help, or if, they're, if they want to call out for help, but they can't, I'm like, I would like to help them. <laughs> like, or why can't people come to people's defense? Yeah, exactly. But also there's, okay, there's, there might be Muslims saying don't talk about it because you're not Muslim, right? That's one thing because right. they're defending their faith. But there's people, um, the, the one that comes to mind, and I, and I don't like talking about people who aren't here um, because they can't defend themselves, but it's Mona, uh, I can't pronounce her last name, Elathway or something like that. She's an Egyptian ex-Muslim or she's an Egyptian uh, Muslim reformer. Oh, right. And, and, you know, she said straight out, like, uh, I'm fed up with these ex-Muslims. Don't talk about it. You left this religion. It has nothing to do with you. The only people who should talk about hijab are Muslim women. And it's like, no, if you are talk, if you want to liberate Muslim women or you want to get some freedoms, the civil rights movement would never have happened if they right. said only black people can talk about it, right? Like gay rights would not have happened if... Right. Know, exactly. You, you need a bunch of people talking about it. You need these issues to be spread. Right. And it's, you know, the, the, this idea of stay in your lane... Uh, God, no, it's like you see someone who needs help. You see someone who's in trouble or you see a situation that requires attention. Give mm -hmm. it attention. Right. Yeah, give it attention. I mean, man, that's that's the, I mean, that's the other cool thing about I just thought of Rahav and how she's safe in Canada now. And it's because people came together to give attention to her story. I mean. Luckily, I mean, it was it was quick enough, and and I, I think about her story, and I'm like, if if people just ignored that or didn't do something, like people cared and they kind of came together and giving a lot of voice on Twitter and getting that out into media outlets and reporters who actually reported on that story, um, that's that saved this girl's life. I mean, again, I mean, I guess I'm guess I'm pointing to social media again, I guess in a positive way. Because uh, it's so, it can be very negative, but uh. no, no. Okay, social media is it's it's a tool like any other, and it's how you're going to use it. If you're going to use it to be outraged, you're going to be perpetually outraged, right? It's right. you know, like these people who spend their time. I think they there are you know, they, they have nothing better going for their lives, and they spend their days looking for things to be upset about. And it's like it, it has to be depressing. But again, things like Rahoff, or you can have an outrage, and you cannot take part in it, but then you can talk about that reasonably afterwards like you know like you're saying like the joe rogan talking with barry weiss they were talking they were having a reasonable discussion on right. something that was completely insane right uh -huh. so yeah. <laughs> it, it it does do that like it so i mean if you want to use it for that like uh, basically that's what i've used twitter for for the last mm -hmm. at least at least six months if not more was i just as, aside from every now and then you know I'll, I'll tweet out like yo someone's doing something or it's a cool article i'll just retweet it but my interactions on Twitter are just making snide remarks. That's, that's basically all I do now. It's just, there's mm -hmm. no point. Just make a snark. And it's, it's with friends. Like I don't do it with, you know, or people I interact with, right? Like I, I don't do it with a complete stranger, but mm -hmm. just, you know, just some smarmy remark and that's it. Like it's. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Huh. So, um, so you said you're thinking about maybe talking to more people this year. Like, are you, do you have a plan or are you going to. I, I kind of just had this, uh, idea earlier today I was like <laughs> I was like this would be so cool because I'm starting to see um, more people be open and have these kind of conversations and I think it would be cool to bring that into my channel because honestly on my channel it's just me rambling um, talking about issues I care about or something but it would be cool to make it into more of a conversation instead of just in the comment section uh, so I should I, sh I was just thinking of that earlier today I was like how can I make it a little bit more impactful. How can I make this more of a conversation and not just one-sided? So I think that would be, I think that would be really cool to do on my channel. I haven't done that at all yet, so we'll see. Okay, how do you do that? Like, like I don't mean that the conver the conversation with some other people. I've made, uh, I've made a couple of videos for a friend of mine, mm -hmm. and then I've got a couple like on my own personal channel. Uh-huh. I I can do this. I can sit and talk to you, or I can sit and talk with someone else. I have no problem. But yeah. just staring at that camera and just talking, like, I have no, like, I, I, I'll i screw it up. I, I just can't do it. Like, I don't know how you can do that. Like, just sit and talk to the no, camera. 
Oh no, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's kind of it's kind of odd at first, and then I don't know. I just start rambling about things, and I'm like, then I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a bitch to edit later, but <laughs> like, um, it's all right. It's yeah, it takes some time to get used to, I guess. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just I, like I said, I tried doing a couple of things, and I was just like, nah, it's enough for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm stuck with the insanity in my mind all the time, so I don't need to like <laughs> let it out. I might as well just talk to people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's wild. I'm sitting there, I'm talking to my camera, acting like I'm talking to everybody, but I don't know. Weird. <laughs> How do I do it? Don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, aside from that, do you have any other thing coming up on the horizon, or do you like what are you, what are you planning on doing? Or? I really want to get into speaking and also I wanted to tap more into writing and so I think that's where I'm looking at in the next year just like kind of getting into more speaking and writing and um just getting into more uh I guess on current events and talking more about religion and atheism and I still do the light content I guess on my channel it's kind of nice to be able to dive into like the trauma stuff especially from my past and talk about those things but also being able to bring in light content where I can kind of balance it out, I guess. So I can like tap my toes into trauma or abuse or even talk about religion and then kind of take a break from it in a sense for a week and talk about light things. Um, it's kind of all right, but I guess that's where I am right now for the next year. Uh, but we'll see. It, yeah. If you had any advice for people who are leaving religion or have just recently left, mm -hmm. like, what would that be? I... I think it just takes time, uh, but I always point to people to the best resources um, because I've, I've been unfortunate with talking with poor therapists or like Christian counseling or something like that where I've opened up about being an atheist or thinking I'm an atheist and then their response would be, you know, you need to reread the Bible because clearly you don't get it. Advice like that where I was reading the Bible and that's part of what made me an atheist. Um, <laughs> and then... I've had someone look at me and say, oh, Satan's putting these thoughts in your head. You need to listen to God, not Satan. Things like that. That's just poor, poor advice. And that was from Christian counselors or from therapists that were obviously Christian and I thought they were secular. Um, so I try to point people to the best resources like ex-Muslims of North America, Free Hearts, Free Minds, also Recovering from Religion. They actually have peer support online and they also have professional support online. So you could actually talk to a licensed therapist who is non-religious, who is just evidence-based. And I think that's really cool that they offer that. And it's all um, also uh, just, uh, they just give up their time to do it. Um, uh, so it's, it's really cool. Um, I think that just giving yourself time, being able to talk with people, uh, especially I think if you first come from a religion and you don't really have a network or you don't have people in your life, these kind of organizations can be very, very helpful. Um, but if you have people in your life you can talk to, like a friend or someone you trust, um, just opening up about what you think about things, what you believe, what you have stopped believing, that's crucial. Because um, that's kind of what helped me get out of my, when I left my faith. Um, <laughs> uh, just being able to talk to people and listening to podcasts like this, that helped me too. Um, I'm just thinking of, things that have helped me in the past. Uh, it, it, those were like my first steps into what I've gotten into, I guess, today. So being able to think critically and learning how to do that and being okay with that, not feeling like guilted and shamed for thinking for myself. It takes time. I think, I think it just takes a day at a time and be patient with yourself. And yeah, uh, good on you. you know That's <laughs> yeah. cool. That's actually like, like again, similarities. So, mm -hmm. if a uh, Muslim were to bring it up in the household, mm -hmm. depends on obviously where you are and how strict your parents are. But what one of the reactions is, go talk to the Imam, go talk to the Mullahs, read the Quran. It, it's yeah. Shaitan whispering in your ear. That's where you're getting these questions from. It's it's the exact same responses, yeah. right? You just wow. replace the religion or Imam with priest or whatever. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. the um, another one I don't know if you've heard of her. Uh, actually, interviewed her was uh, Dr. Marlene Winnell, and wow. she does um, behavioral therapy for people who've left religions. She was a ex, oh. ex evangelical missionary. Like that's where her parents were, and that's how uh -huh. she grew up. And then um, you know she 
she kind of treats it like PTSD. And there's another one in New York, and I believe this is for Hasidic and Orthodox Jews. It's called Footsteps. Oh, wow. It's it's an organization that helps uh, people who've left, like Orthodox and Hasidic Judaism, and they help them reintegrate and stuff. So if if anyone ever gets a hold of you, there's a couple others. uh, Yeah, thanks. Link them to it. Put those resources like in the description bar of videos and stuff. That's cool. Um, anyways, just one last thing. I don't want to take up too much your time. Like, thank you very much. So, going Thanks. forward, like, what would you give as advice to people who want to start having better conversations? Like, having like to be able to understand someone better. Understand? I think uh, first, I don't know. It instantly when you ask that, it makes me think of. Uh, I don't know if you watched Megan Phelps Roper's TED Talk. Um, she came from the Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think of like I think she she listed four steps in that TED talk towards the end where she's talking about, you know, don't assume someone has bad intent and listen to them, and um, just being able to fully, just be able to have a con- an honest, open conversation with someone. Um, I think listening honestly is the biggest part. Just being able to listen and kind of. Uh, say back to the person what they just said in your own words so that you guys are on the same level, I guess, of understanding. Um, and I think that those are the key things. It's like the building block. It's just being able to listen to someone and not be judgmental. Uh, so, and then be, be able to go from there and converse. But uh, I think that's kind of cool. Again, social media, being able to have that buffer time, like if you guys are spouting out on Twitter or something, um, you actually have time. You don't have to respond right away. Like, you can come back to it. Um, but that's that's the online space. Uh, <laughs> but I think just listening to people um, and, and fully, I think it's just active listening, really, instead of thinking of a response, thinking of or feeding into emotions. Uh, I think that's, I don't know, if you have something to add to that. <laughs> no, that's actually a good place to end on and, and one thing like what you're talking about there repeating back what she said to them in the first place first p- person i heard talk about that was actually eric weinstein and it was on yeah. sam harris's podcast he was talking about steel manning right so yeah. instead of straw manning your opponent's position you steel man it right, right? so like that right. and again that's that's kind of what i wanted was trying to do with myself here it's like i want to steel man my own position so that when i so that i can explain it to myself so that I can better explain it to someone else, right? So that, mm-hmm. you know, right. you have to know where you're coming from and, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just talk out of your ass, basically, right? You, ha- you have yeah. to have some some idea about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, thanks very much. Uh, I said thank you for your time. I will put your social media information and links to your channel and your blog uh, in the description of this. If you have anything else that you want me to add to that, just send it to me and I'll add it to the description and... Thank you again. Thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I'll be back soon.